Hello, friends. Welcome to Lesson 5 of the Successful Reconciliations Masterclass. This series of lessons is specifically for Christian estranged mothers. It's designed to help you avoid the most common mistakes that prevent reconciling with your estranged adult child. In this lesson, I'm laying out what it means to use the story of the prodigal son against yourself. The devil loves to take what is meant for good and try to twist it into something that works against God's plan. The prodigal son's story can be used that way in family estrangement. When you're aware of it, you can avoid falling prey to it. Let's talk about it. Hey friend, welcome to the Estranged Mom Coach Podcast. Are you going through a family estrangement from your adult son or daughter? Do you wonder why your child cut you off, if there's a way to save the relationship, or how you can ever feel happy again. You can only distract yourself and avoid thinking about it for so long, and then it hits you all over again. How can this be happening? I'm Jenny Good. I'm a certified coach trained in mindset neuroscience, family estrangement, and emotional healing. I'm also a mom who's been through adult child estrangement and reconciliation. I teach Christian estranged moms how to increase their odds of reconciling with their child and how to achieve emotional healing and happiness in the meantime. And we do it from a biblical perspective. So grab your tea, pop in your AirPods, and exhale. Welcome home, Sister Mom. It's going to be okay. Quick disclaimer, I am a certified coach, not a therapist. If you think you're suffering from a mental health disorder, please seek help from a licensed therapist or call 911. Hello, my tea time friend. Thank you for coming by and spending time with me today. What do you have in your tea mug? I am a decaf black tea drinker and also a lover of caramel decaf coffee. Whatever you have in your cup, I hope it's warm and brings joy to your soul. We are on our fifth lesson of the Successful Reconciliations Masterclass Series, and today I want to talk to you about the story of the prodigal son. Now, you're probably familiar with that story from the Bible, and you may have heard it mentioned in Christian communities pertaining to family estrangement. There is so much good in the story of the prodigal son. But if you're not careful, you can end up using that story against yourself. In this lesson, I'll explain what I mean by that, why you might be doing it, and what your child experiences when you do it. Also, I'm going to tell you what to do instead. Before we get into this lesson, I want to give you a heads up that 2024 spots for estrangement coaching are filling. I'm currently booking out about two to three months in advance. So if it's been on your heart to explore working together, pause me here and head over to theestrangedmomcoach.com forward slash schedule and get your name on the list for a free consultation. On the consultation call, we spend some time talking about the specific details of your estrangement, and I use that information to tell you the exact steps that it would take to move you into a place of feeling better and increasing your odds of reconciling with your daughter or your son. 
On that consult call, I will also explain how working with me as your estrangement coach can help get you there with fewer wrong turns and better results than going it on your own. You will walk away from that call with clarity about what to do next. And if that sounds like what you're looking for, let's talk. The link will also be in the notes for this episode in case you missed it. Also, I want to thank all of you who tune into the podcast and share it with others. God is blessing the podcast abundantly. Recently, Feedspot ranked the estranged mom coach as the number five podcast for self-help for moms. To God be the glory. Okay, let's talk about the story of the prodigal son. In case you're not familiar with this story, the basics of it are that a young man collects his inheritance from his father and he leaves home to live a lavish, wasteful lifestyle. He squanders away his money and he becomes so poor that he gets food from the slop troughs of the pigs. He decides to return to his father's home and ask if he can be one of his father's servants. He has humbled himself and learned a lesson. As he makes his way back to his father's house, his father sees him coming down the road and he hurries out to meet him. His father is not angry and holds no grudge against his son. He gets him fine clothing and has a party to celebrate his son's return. He welcomed him back with open arms and a full heart, and he did not want to demote him to the station of a servant. He was glad his son came back home. Now, let's talk about how this story shows up in estranged parents' online communities. I see people talking about the boy who left his father's home and how he had to come back to repentance on his own. People talk about how the father did not chase him or beg him to come back home. They use that as the basis for their stance that they should not pursue their estranged child but should rather wait on the child to see the error of their ways and come back with a humble and a repentant attitude. Here's the problem. When estranged parents focus on the story from that angle, they're using it against themselves because it ignores what I believe the main point of the story is, and it prevents them from taking actions that are likely to help resolve the estrangement. If you focus on the son coming back with his tail between his legs, as my mom would say, you miss the point about the father being forgiving, patient, not giving up hope, not losing faith, and making the reconciliation easy by being radically loving to his son. We do not know by the story if the father pursued his son in any way, and I believe that Jesus didn't mention it one way or the other because it wasn't the main point of the story. But we know that the dad kept watch for his son. We know that he stayed strong in his faith and hope, because if he hadn't, he would not have been watching for him to come back down that road. We know that he practiced forgiveness and love by his reaction to his son's return. We know that he made the homecoming easy, because he rejoiced and accepted his son with open arms without asking questions or forcing a discussion about why the son did what he did. He didn't even need an apology from his son. He just forgave him. Why do people use the story of the prodigal to justify staying stubborn in their stance that their child has to do the backtracking 
and that they should not pursue their child. Because it helps you feel safe when you use the story that way. When you've been through the horrific trauma of estrangement, your brain tries to protect you from experiencing that pain again. Of course it does. If you avoid vulnerability and you keep hope at a low level, your brain believes that it's reducing risk. It's trying to protect you. What your child experiences when you choose to view the prodigal son story that way is a lack of contact from you. They don't experience you reaching out to them. They don't see you making changes that feel like you're paying attention to their needs or their pain. They feel invisible. And it seems to them as if you either agree that there should be no contact or that your pride is more important than your relationship with them. That's what they experience when you view the prodigal story as a basis to dig your heels in and wait for them to come back with a humble attitude of regret. Would it be wonderful if they did come back that way? Yes, but it rarely happens that way. We, as the parent, usually have to go first, so to speak. What should you do instead? Instead of using the story of the prodigal son as a reason to remain estranged unless your child returns in a spirit of repentance, you can decide to see it differently. You can decide to focus on these five qualities of the father in the story. Hope, faith, seeking the positive, radical love, and forgiveness. Here is your assignment for this lesson. Grab your journal and at the top of a page write hope. At the top of the next page write faith. On the next page write seeking the positive. On the next page, write radical love. And on the next page, write forgiveness. And then write about what you will do if you fully embrace each quality. How would you show up? What would you do differently? Would you need to stop some things? Would you need to start doing something that you're not doing now? Journal it out under each quality on each page. Okay, friend. That is what I have for you this time, and I hope it blesses you. Hey, Sister Mom. Thanks for spending time with me. If this podcast inspired you, helped you, or blessed you in some way, I'd love for you to share it with another mom who could be edified by it too. Also, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more moms like us find and be blessed by the show. Remember... You are a daughter of the Most High King, and you are not alone.